much love. You want a hot body? You want a Bugatti? You want a Maserati? Well, you better work, bitch. It's episode 22, season four of Ravage Love. We're back. The salami mommies are back. <laughs> I was really, I was curious what you were going to pick because I was like, when I hear boss, which is our theme for this week, friends, Julia and Renee are back. And this week we're bossy bitches. But the only songs that came to mind were boss by uh, Doja Cat. But the whole lyric yeah, that- is just like, I'm a boss. I'm a bitch. And I was like, how could she make that good? Um, and then, yep, some Britney, some nine to five. Like there were different things, but. Um, I was going to do nine to five, but then I got boss by Doja Cat in my head <laughs> all day. So I was like, I'm a boss. I'm a bitch. <laughs> and I shine like glass. Like all day. And my my actual boss was like, you need to do some work. <laughs> and I was like, don't tell me what to do. Just because you're my oh. boss. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're back. We are back and we are boss bishels and we have several Mm -hmm. fun episodes planned for you. And then as per usual, October is spooky season and we're going to have so many spooky stories. You know that week after week, Renee is going to find the most unhinged, dark and disturbing content the universe has ever created. I'm already on it. I will have like a meat cute over pumpkin spice lattes or some shit <laughs> while Renee's like fucked by a ghoul or like whatever it is that you find which is why I love you um yeah I do before we go on um I want to shout out to this comment left on our <laughs> I was hoping you would <laughs> iTunes yeah um you know and everybody you can rate us on these platforms, on any platform that has a rating system for podcasts, you can rate us and you can leave comments now on iTunes and on Spotify. And I encourage you to, because when I figure out how to find them, I do read them <laughs> like this gem from Face Master General. We see you. They gave us a five star rating, five stars. It says, A, these two go together like the salami and your mommy, which is why we're changing the name of the show to Salami Mommies. Thanks for joining us here today. I love how also one person, wasn't someone who gave us like one star and was like boring? Yeah, he didn't even make it through the first episode. I was like, like well, yeah, you've never known. Randy, you've never Randy kno- Babansky. You've never known a day of joy in your whole life. No, clearly that's not the type of listenership we try pander to um so randy go eat a cheeseburger bye <laughs> yeah, exactly rip off your shirt tarps off have a cheeseburger um but yeah also <laughs> like, master general we yeah we you. salute you <laughs> oh well do you want to dive into it renee i really 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 do because i just desperately want a lamborghini and <sighs> just some martinis and I mean, I already look hot in a bikini, but I've never worn one, but. I would like a Bugatti, so I got to get to work, work, work. Um, so I read, <laughs> I read a, I guess you'd say a short story in a short story collection. The name of the collection. short story collection is Bossy, Five Productive Tales of Lesbian Lust. <laughs> Yes. Now, as per usual, I'm going to encourage you to check out our Instagram and our Twitter pages to see the covers. Because at first glance, I didn't hate this cover. It's uh, a woman in some fishnets. You just see her from kind of the neck down. She's got her legs crossed in an office chair. You're like, okay, okay. Except I don't know where her torso went. Renee, I do not know where her torso went. It looks like it's just an arm and a pair of legs. It's very disturbing. Um, So I was not expecting high quality from this book. I'm just going to say that off the jump. But wasn't I pleasantly surprised? So I read, I kind of skimmed a few of the stories to find the one that really tickled me old fancy. And they were all very well written. Um, From what I saw, very also like sex positive in terms of very consensual. Um, So I chose As You Wish by, I think it's pronounced, Urzabeth Bishop. 
which I thought was kind of interesting. I'm like, is that how like a person with a lisp says Elizabeth? But it's E R Z A B E T H or B E T. Sorry, Erzabet, Erzabet Sharp. Um, so Erzabet Bishop wrote As You Wish, a story about a young woman named Marley. Do you want to know what Marley was up to? I'm totally interested. Let me tell you. So Marley applied for a job as a live-in maid for Miss Fontanou. And she used to work as a nanny um, and a housekeeper and such. And then there's a big old gap in her resume when she was taking care of an ill family member. And now wants to, you know, get back to work and applies for this live-in nanny job. She's got lots of experience. So Miss Fontaineur is like, great, your CV looks awesome. Um, but are you sure you're prepared to work here? And she was like, yeah, I've done live-in housekeeping work before. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. But I mean, like, in a house like mine? Because I'm a dom. And she's like, oh, okay. So she's like, yeah, there's going to be people coming in and out of this house all the time. I don't want any judgment from you. Are you comfortable with that? She's like, yeah, 100%. And then she does the old don't go in that room. So you're like, okay, I know where this is going. So uh, Miss Fontaineur is a fucking babe. The way she's described in this book, I'm getting some Jessica Rabbit vibes. Don't hate it. So real high femme, she's a dom, and Marley is just scrubbing fours like little Cinderella, but just daydreaming about this beautiful, beautiful woman. And of course, she just can't, she just wants to know what's behind the door. You know, you told me I could go in there. I want to go in that goddamn room. So she, of course, one day thinks this is her chance, and she goes in the room, and it's sort of like almost underwhelmed. Like, it just looks like a bedroom. But then when you look closer, there's like, oh, there's a hook. And there is this, and there's a lot of dressers in this room. And oh, is that a closet? And as she walks toward it, da da da, Miss Fontaineur is like, oh, I told you, you cannot go in this room. I don't know if she's French, but if your name is Miss Fontaineur, <laughs> that's where we're going with. <laughs> she's like, I told you, Anne, not to go in there. What are you doing in there? And she's like, <laughs> And she's like, oh, Miss Fontaineur, I couldn't help myself. I just, I had, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she's like, are you really sorry? And she's like, yes, it says. <laughs> and she's like, well, I give you uh, two options. Okay. You let me punish you or you quit your job. And she's like, but I need this job. And she's like, then take off your clothes. So then she spanks her a whole bunch of times with a paddle and well, isn't Marley just into it and she realizes she got a little bit of a spanking kink i'm like okay Anne rice sit down um so then she's like okay good girl good girl you know you took your punishment like a champ and never again you, you you're not allowed back in this room that and i go back to work she's like okay okay well doesn't marley now start fucking up on purpose she leaves the rugs outside that she was cleaning and then they get wet so that she gets another punishment. And then she accidentally, quote unquote, leaves some stuff out in the kitchen where the chef trips on it. And then, oh, whoopsie, I have to be punished again. What a brat. What an absolute goddamn brat. Um, and then finally, Madame Fontaineau says, hey, just admit, okay, that you live for punishment. And quit the games, okay? I'll give you what you want if you just ask for it directly. And she's like, ah, okay. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Oh, okay. Yep. The end. So, uh, again, very well written. As longtime listeners of the show will know, oftentimes when you find sort of self-published, 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 mm -hmm ebooks and that sort of thing there can be a lot of spelling mistakes typos weird shit none of that um the writing was legitimately super strong um and yeah it was like this it was it was you know like nothing to you know it's not the most memorable thing of all time for example but like it was fun it was a fun little thing it was only like 20 or some odd pages um so in terms of spice like there was only she fingered her one time so she came one time uh lots of spanking mm. and such you're like okay not bad okay um mm. so i'll give it like four out of five sparsy spicy uh margaritas i'll do that okay, um okay. and again if you are an Anne rice-esque and you like a you have a spanking punishment fetish go for it um 
And then in terms of accoutrement and toys that go with it, I mean, quite obvious in this case, it's going to be a paddle. Um, But I'm going to say a paddle with holes in it, which for the uninitiated means it's more painful. So that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with a paddle that has holes in it for my assessment of As You Wish, Ms. Fontaneux by Erzbet <laughs> Bishop from the bossy five productive tales of lesbian lust collection. How about you, Renee? Well, kind of, I mean, what kind of bossy shit did you get up to? Um, I read a little thing called Love Laugh Lich from <laughs> Kate Pryor. Um, and Kate Pryor actually has a sequel to this book coming out and I'm very excited um, and Kate Pryor um, is also a podcaster Ooh. so I thought that was pretty cool um, but uh, yeah her talents are writing lots of kissing scenes illustrating to procrastinate and pets cats very well so you know I, you know game recognized game I also <laughs> pet cats very well so Yes, Love Laugh Lich, and the subtitle is These Sex Magic Rituals Aren't OSHA Compliant. Um, and they aren't. <laughs> so here we go. Lily has an office job. And, um, you know, she knew that the job would, you know, working in, in a corporate environment could be soul sucking, but she didn't expect it to be as soul sucking as it is. And the reason it's so soul-sucking is because she works for a lich. Now, a lich is typically a necromancer oh. um, who is undead. And uh, what they've... They just live forever and they hoard things their whole lives. that uh, Their whole undead lives, I guess. Um, and part of that involves hoarding people as well. So... In this universe, present day, um, there has been an uprising of a dark dominion, which has taken over. Um, and part of running a dark dominion, there's there's capitalism involved, Julie. I mean, so of course, yeah, not getting away from it. Sadly, so so Lily uh, works um, for the Dark Lord. Um, she works in a building called the Dark Lich Lord's Grand Sanctum. Um, and she's a, his personal assistant. And uh, he's not a bad boss, right? And, I mean, there are prophecies that state that there there is a chosen hero. But when the chosen hero came to defeat the Lich Lord a few years ago, he got obliterated because the Lich Lord can just vaporize people. So... Right now, there has been an assassination attempt, and the whole office is up in arms because um, this assassin got through HR, like they got through the screening and was working there. Um, And they were working there because uh, the Lich outsources people for his rituals. Um, And so she, she came from another agency to be part of a ritual, but actually was there to try and assassinate him. So of course, he vaporizes her, but in the process vaporizes the entire um, office around the Grand Sanctum. So Lily is having to work out of a cubicle right now. Doesn't love it, but, you know, because she has to, like, walk all the way from the cubicle to the Grand Sanctum to deliver the Dark Lord his messages and stuff, right? But, you know, repairs are happening, and, um, you know, she's, she's going to, you know get back to her office, get back to her desk. Now, some people have not adjusted to life under the dark reign of terror yet, but you know, for Lily, it's working fine. Most people are scared of the dark Lord, but she's actually on a first name basis with him. And his name is Sovin. Mm. Um, and you know, she's noticing that he seems kind of down in the dumps. She's like, what's going on? This is about the assassination attempt. And he's like, yeah, he's like, it's kind of left me unbalanced. And she's like, you know, yeah. You know, I'm working with legal right now. They're trying to figure out how to deal with the agency that sent her. And, you know, they're going to probably file a lawsuit. But, you know, don't worry about it. Like, you're safe. We're okay. Don't worry. And then uh, he's just like, oh, Lily. 
sometimes I wonder who the real evil overlord is around here. And he's like, oh, stop, stop it. It's you, you know? And he's like, well, I didn't hire you for your looks. But then he's like, you know, not that I wouldn't, um, because there's nothing wrong with your looks. You look very nice for a human. Um, he's like, it's just not rain policy to hire specifically on an appearance basis. And she's like, it's all right. Don't worry. I get it. It's okay. And so he's just kind of torn up because he wasn't able to finish his ritual. And his ritual was to try and figure out like how to stop more assassins from coming in. And she's like, well, what do you, what do you need? Like, what do you need? And he's like, well, I need a last breath, a first kiss and a shiver over the skin. And I mean, he got the last breath from the assassin. Um, but she's like, listen, like, are you just outsourcing all of these sensations? Cause like I have skin, like I can give you a shiver. Oh, like, and he's like, well, I can't ask you to do that. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm offering, like I'm offering to do that. And he's like, okay. So he takes her into like the ritual room and he, uh, does like his magic stuff and uh she's like holy shit because she gets like a really nice shiver all the way down to her clitoris and she's like okay okay so he collects the shiver in like a little little jar and uh she goes on her way and then she mentions you know i've never had a first kiss either and he's like oh Okay. And the reason why is because a psychic told her that her true love would be a chosen one, but chosen one's dead. So she's like, well, I guess I'm still gonna just not kiss anybody. So she's, uh, really wants Sovin, the lich Lord to be her first kiss, but she's like, I'm just going to leave it for now. So she's running around the office doing her, doing her stuff. And, um, the Lich Lord wears this big flowy cape and you can't see in it or anything. And it's really spooky. It's it, like, he's really like, it's small, like it's, it's thin, but it's like a big cloak. Like think like, um, like, like, um, Charles Dickens Christmas story. Like, you know, the like spooky Grim Reaper at the mm-hmm. end that. Okay. So she's only ever seen him in there. She assumes like maybe he's a skeleton or something because nobody knows what he looks like. But Lily soon learns because she walks into the office um, and he's he's taken his cloak off. He doesn't know that she's there, but he takes his cloak off and he has a body. And in fact, he has a body so humongous. There's no way it could fit under this cloak, Julie. Um He's got, like, legs like a deer, kind of, like, backwards, you know? Mm. Um, He's humongous. Like, he's huge. He's got antlers. He's kind of got, like, a lion face and, like, a big lion mane, like a bear or something. Um, He's got huge, like, antlers, like, humongous weird ones. But then his dick, Julie. He's got a huge fucking dick. In fact, he's got three huge fucking dicks. Um, and she's just like, oh, Jesus, like, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. And then uh, but he just like doesn't even act like it's a big deal. But she's just like obsessed with his penis. because She's like, I don't understand how that works. Um, but he's like, uh, hey, just, you know what? Come on in. He puts like a little like uh, fabric around his waist. And he's like, look, um, I still need a kiss for this uh ritual and she's like well i've never had my first kiss so uh i'd be happy to give you give you that boss and he's like well i can't ask you to you know i can't ask you and she's like well i am giving it to you and he's like okay so they have a kiss but it's just like real spicy and then they start like climbing all over each other and like making out and grinding on each other and then he's like that'll do and he takes her kiss and like that's that and she's like oh shit and then she's like hey you wouldn't happen to need any more virgin sacrifices would you um and that's how that chapter ends so the next day there's a big bouquet of flowers on her desk and she's like oh wow this is lovely and then also there's like an intern and he's like 
oh, the Dark Lord said I needed to help you with things. And she's like, I don't need your help. Get out of here. Um, but clearly, right, he's it's the perks of fucking your boss, Julie, is you get you get an assistant yourself and you get flowers and all these things. But the kiss was so spicy that she's just kind of been like writing Mrs. Lich on post-its all day. And she's like, oh, my God, like, what am I going to do? And finally, um, she goes into his office and he doesn't need a virgin sacrifice, but he does need like vulnerability. And so she's like, well, I need I need to be with this this devil man. So she's like, I can be vulnerable. And she's like, I dream about you. And he's like, you do. Um, and she, he's, she's like, yeah. And um, he's like, look, look, look. I know I, I value your loyalty. I really do. He's like, but I can't ask you to keep giving me more. I can't do that. And she's like, but what if I want to? Um, so they bang it out. Now we learned that. The three penises are not the same, Julie. There's oh. a big, humongous one in the middle. There's a little one at the top, and then like a big, like a long but like thinner one at the bottom. So you you can, you know, you know where where the bottom one is supposed to go and the middle one. The top one actually has a little sucker in it. So, um, he doesn't put the thin one in her butthole, which is where it's supposed to fit, because he just like didn't want to overwhelm her. Um. But the little one like sucks on her on her little bougie there, and then uh, the other one goes inside, and she has a great time, and she's like, "Oh damn, this is great." Uh, he describes she the author describes it as his hard leaking cocks, which was kind of gross, but mm-hmm. I mean, power to these people, I guess. Um, so she gets finger banged, she gets eaten out. She doesn't she doesn't suck the three penises, but she gets sucked on by the top penis which i was like that's darling i like that um and she just like comes a lot and she's having a great time but uh-oh she's in love um so she's like what's your deal like what what's your deal and he's like well i'm a i'm a lich you know so i um i hoard things i collect and i hoard things and she's like well do you ever have to give anything up and he's like well i had to hide my heart because if my enemy, that's the only way to kill me is by killing my heart. So I took my heart out and it's like stashed away. He's like, so instead I have a, a phylactery and I had to Google that. And it's like historically like a little leather book that contains passages from the Torah. Oh. But in a fantasy world, it's just like a little container you can put magic stuff in. So in this case, it's got blood in it, um, which acts as his heart. So she's like, oh um she's like so you're just trying to like keep it safe he's like yeah so now she's just like hurting because she really loves this guy but it's like her boss right and she doesn't want she wants like things to go back to the way they were like friendly and 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 good because she knows like he can't ever give her his heart right so she's kind of starting to get filled with a bit of despair and she ends up going to like this meeting and um he had been like waiting for her in his office and he's like leaning against the water cooler and he's like cracking jokes and stuff and she's like oh that's so funny um he's like oh i have to give you something and she's like oh my god another present like you just give me flowers and an intern and a new office like i don't understand and he gives her like a the five-year gift for having worked there for five years and she's just like oh this is not great this is pretty shitty um and so she starts to feel really bad she's like obviously he can never love me he's just like my boss um so she goes to this meeting and she's forgotten some stuff so she heads to like a storage room and there she finds a vial that says lily's shiver in it and she's like i'm just a piece of his hoard like he's just collecting things from women all over the place like i mean nothing to him and she loses her damn mind on him and he's like I was vulnerable with you and you know, why don't you love the things I'm giving you? And she's like, because it's more than that for me. I love you. And so, uh, they, there's a guy in her office from accounting who's like into her and he's like, do you want to like get coffee sometime? And she's like, Ugh, I guess. Okay. But then the whole building starts shaking and the floor opens up and this guy plunges into like a hole 
because it turns out Savin's really jealous and mad. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I'm downsizing. She's like, you can't do that. I don't belong to you. You're territorial and you're not giving me shit. And he's like, what do you mean? I gave you flowers and I gave you that necklace and I gave you an intern. And she's like, that's nothing. That's nothing. I wanted to give you my heart, you son of a bitch. And then he's like, oh, no. So she goes to HR. And HR is like, shouldn't have gotten involved with the boss. And she's like, don't you think I know that? She's like, well, do you want us to like take him down we're unionized like we can (laughs) and she's like no but i guess i'm gonna like quit i guess and she's like okay um and then uh she goes back to see him and uh he uh apologizes and he ends up giving her his little bag of blood because he can't give her his heart Mm. and he's like i really love you and i want to be with you and um, I also got you this butt plug, so I'm gonna <laughs> put Romance. it in you. It's, it's magic, and she's like, "Oh!" And so he uses the magic to like, you know, expand the butt plug, um, so that she could be prepared for his third pee pee, and um, they bang it out, and uh, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful story. Um, was it surprisingly spicy? It was. Was it shockingly? It was shockingly spicy. It was shockingly romantic. Um, I am not doing it justice, but it was extremely funny, especially if you think necromancy is funny (laughs) in both. It's like undead form and romancing of necks. Like it was just so funny. It was so good. It was beautiful and had a happily ever after. And I would 10 out of 10 recommend this little novella to anybody. I loved it. Yeah. I was all like horned up after I read it even. And then I was like, crying because i was so happy for them Eh. love that so now i gotta know are you reading a spicy part are you reading a sweet part what you reading us uh i'm just gonna read like a little interaction they have after they've uh kind of gotten it on after they went to pound town i see see. yeah i just think i think there's like a fun little um interaction here but it's also where she gets the necklace so you can like hear her hurt okay got it Okay. Okay. Here we go. The recently obliterated waiting room has been spackled, painted, and refurnished, so I'm moving my things preemptively to my new desk, raiding the cabinet for all the paper clips and quills I can carry. The office is so quiet and empty, I'm surprised to see Sovin standing by the water cooler on my third trip back and forth. I'm a little startled because he's still out of his cloak and I've never seen him in the office without it. I give him a skeptical look, glancing around at the empty cubicles, the darkened windows. But I cross over to where he stands. I do bite down on a, how do you fit through the doorway? What's going on? I've always wanted to do this, he says, and I blink at him in confusion. What do you mean? Sovin gives himself a little shake, shrugging. I can see how he's only pretending to lean against the water cooler. That way none of his weight actually presses down on it. He plucks two little paper cups out of the dispenser, handing one to me. I fill mine with cold water. Then Savin says, Working hard, or hardly working? He snaps and points a claw out over the empty cubicle and pretends to wink at some imaginary co-worker. It's so overwhelmingly ridiculous to imagine him working in one of those tiny cubicles. I can't help but laugh. You're such a dork, I say, putting a hand over my mouth. No one actually says that. Would it help productivity if I put out a memo to have it integrated into the common parlance along with synergy and incentivize? I laugh coughing at my paper cup. Stop, stop, I say, holding up my hands in surrender. You're going to get water up my nose. Laughter dies down between us, the ache of smiling imprinted on my cheeks as I sigh and stifle a leftover giggle. Then it's quiet for a moment and suddenly I don't want this little moment between us to end. It's different from when we're in the dark sanctum, body slick with sweat and cum and still running against each other for just one more release. Somehow I thought we wouldn't have these fun little moments anymore. It's quiet and soft and suddenly my whole chest is brimming with the feelings I want to tell him. I cough and clear my throat, taking a different tact. So, whatever made you start the whole evil empire thing? It wasn't exactly a plan of mine. He shrugs. Being a lich is characterized by unending greed. To live, to constantly take, and day after day after life. All that comes with them and never being willing to relinquish any of it. It becomes a lonely, hoarding existence. 
So you just collect things forever? I mean, is there anything you've had to give up? I ask, a question clunky even as I say it. I might as well ask, is it even possible for you to love me back? He shrugs a little, and while I can see the question almost turn over in his mind, he seems to get lost in his thoughts. I guess it was that hard of a question. We lapse into a long silence again, and I have to wonder if you could feel the question hovering on my lips, even unasked. Well, um, I have something for you, he says, clearing his throat, straightening as he faces me. I look at him in, in surprise and feel a faint flutter of excitement over my organs. I think my liver. Briefly, I remember the flowers he had sent on my desk. I don't think I realized how much I wanted some small romantic gesture from Sovin, unfettered, unabashed, until this moment. Something that clearly demonstrated feelings or intent. I can see him holding back a smile, or as close to a smile as he can have with the structure of his fangs. You've been here with us for a while now, so I'd like to present to you your five-year gift. He says, producing a somewhat generic-looking necklace, a pendant with the evil reigns insignia stamped on one side and a red stone on the other side. I blink, frozen. Sovin takes this as a good moment to fit the necklace over my head. I thought I was supposed to pick something from the company catalog for that, I stammer out. The only thought in my head is that isn't crashing dis disappointment. I barely wait to admit to myself that what I'm disappointed about, what I've been getting my hopes up for, something heartfelt, something like those flowers without the card that made them feel less like a romantic gesture and more like an apology. That's for the ten-year gift, he shrugs. He looks so pleased with himself having given me this congratulatory anniversary gift. Then he seems to take in my lesson-enthused reaction. You don't like it? It's lovely, I say quickly. I'll, um, treasure it always. He gives me another sort of grin around his fangs and my heart sinks a little. I can't keep getting my hopes up with him. She's so sad. Ever been there, Julie, where you're like, oh, I'm going to get this really nice thing. I'm so excited. And then it's like, fucking book. Like a, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Neil Gaiman book or Dean Koontz you're like oh thank you yeah I mean did I ever tell you about the time that my ex pranked me by giving me a gift in a Jubilee jeweler bag <gasps> yeah no, I hate them tell me we, we have been dating for a couple years and he put my Christmas present in a Jubilee jeweler bag Christmas or birthday I can't remember so obviously I'm like oh <gasps> We going to get engaged? Nope. He put concert tickets inside. Concert tickets because he just wanted to see my reaction to the Jubilee bag. And multiple friends told him it was a terrible idea and he shouldn't do it. And he did it anyway. Oof. So, well, okay. But what was my concert? This is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Spice Girls. Uh, oh! <laughs> and they were very hard to get. They had sold out. So we had to like bootleg them somehow. Anyways um still though still, right and i was like you made you ruined the spice because i want to be excited about the spice girls but now i'm also mad about the thing but anyway so yes yes i have absolutely been there and it's not nice i do not recommend oh don't do that people it's not cool i mean i think in this situation this um necromancer with no heart <laughs> and i think maybe a metaphor for autism who knows um because i do subscribe to the notion that i too am a necromancer or at least in my <laughs> dreams um i could see how he would think that that was a nice gesture um could he have consulted literally anybody in the office perhaps perhaps but you know what he he came around in the end and he gave her a really lovely lovely little gift um i thought you yeah know, his physical heart um, there was one thing in here that I wanted to tell you that I thought was really funny and it was about, uh, women in STEM in this universe. <laughs> okay. I just, I got to find it cause it was so funny. Um, I'm going to come back to it. Oh no, I found it. Okay. okay. So there's, he's, he's doing an initiative to get more women in STEM fields. Cause you know what? He's an ally. I'm going to say that right now. Um, but in this case, the STEM fields are sneakiness, traumatization, evil studies, and misfortune. And I'm like, that's the STEM I can get behind right there. <laughs> Which is why I'm also a necromancer. So anyway, that's my story. Um, this book was delightful. And I recommended it to my boss today. And she's going to read it because not only does she love 
gritty monster romances. She also has Kindle Unlimited, which is free. On oh, right there now. we go. So yeah. she go she go read it. Um, she does not listen to the show, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but I think she does have a sticker. So oh, perfect. Yeah, but I do. I have a lovely boss. I don't have any romantic feelings towards her, but okay, uh, okay. she's pretty great. I'm pretty happy with my boss. Um, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> I do this outside of work hours. Yeah. Okay. It's in the evening right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nighttime. It's nighttime. It's nighttime. What are you oh, reading for God. us, my sweet Oh, Pucat? fuck. Well, now I don't even really want to read what I'm going to read because it's so tame and boring compared to what you just read. He just gave her a five-year anniversary. Remember when I got severance and it was two sunflower seeds? Oh. Remember that? Same feeling. Jesus Same feelings. Christ. How did I forget about that? Damn. Yeah. So Damn. I feel like I feel her disappointment reading this book. <laughs> and honestly, I know I did not do it justice. I really hope people read it. It was 59 pages, folks. Yeah. You can knock it off. And you can you can bang it out in an evening and then go bang yourself right after because it's very spicy. Fucking that's a whole that's a great evening plan. That's a night in, pals. That is. Light a candle. <laughs> I found a I found a candle this week that smells like graveyard dirt. So treat what? yourself. Yeah. Oh my fucking yeah. course you Oh, did. sorry, I should say five out of five um like ghost pepper sandwiches because it was extremely spicy one of the spiciest things i've read oh wow a long time okay very consensual nice. I mean, no pro no french letters in this but i mean he i mean he can control magic butt plugs so i don't see why he can't control his leaky dicks um and what's know, the toy it, uh it, it, well obviously because he has three penises it's going to be uh what what was it called it, ooh, it was called um the triple threat it's a, a three three penis dildo. Oh, but I think wow. I think what won me over to this this gentleman's uh, endowment was that he had the little sucker on the top. So I would say get a, get a double penetrating dildo and then couple it with one of those like little like roses oh. that do the little, like like little suck suck suck. Oh. I I'm not a fan, but um, I feel like in this scenario it made sense. So. Oh my god, I love this combination. Thank You're you. You're like a little one-man band, you know? You got all the stuff going on for one person. I like it. I am the triple threat. That is CPTSD, <laughs> autism, and ADHD. I am so much fun. Okay. <laughs> I am so ready to hear what you're going to read for us. Well, um, I'm... Yeah, I think I'm... Oh, gosh, now I'm really gonna just see i'm just gonna see here um yeah i'm just gonna read you the introductory page that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna read you the intro right. <clears throat> marley scrubbed the stubborn stain on the baseboard and groaned she had been at it for five minutes already and it wasn't budging well crap she growled under her breath wiping the back of her hand across her forehead she pulled an errant blonde curl out of her eyes Almost done with her weekly cleaning routine, she was ready to go to her room and take a shower. The much-needed job was a blessing, but it also left her way too much time to spend thinking about her new employer. As she applied more spray cleaner to the spot, she let her mind wander. The interview had been set for 12 sharp. She had been prompt and was led to the office by the maid to await her new boss. Miss Fontanou entered a few moments later and Marley was lost. Tightened red hair glided past her heart-shaped face, curling under at the ends. Full red lips painted an alluring crimson turned up in a severe smile. The cream-colored blouse she wore was tucked neatly into a slim-lined pencil skirt. The ensemble topped off with dangerously high heels that made Marley nervous just by looking at them. Cool blue eyes appraised her, and Marley felt like she was being stripped bare. You are here to apply for the housekeeping position? Yes, ma'am, she nodded, her voice wavering only slightly. She clenched her hands in her lap and forced herself to be still. Uh, good. Uh, have you ever been in a live-in housekeeper before? Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, once, uh, before I attended university. Uh, please call me Madeleine. Uh, what brings you back into service, if I may ask? Marley blushed. I had to take a few years off. My mother became ill and I needed to be with her. She passed away last month and I need to acquire funds before I can return to school. 
She fiddled with the bottom button of her worn cotton blouse and had to force her hands flat onto her lap. Madeleine nodded. Okay. I will check your references. Uh, consider yourself here on a trial period until we determine if this arrangement uh, will suit us both. I understand. Chuckling, Madeleine stood. <laughs> no, my dear, uh, I don't think you do. Pardon? Marley cocked her head. This this will not be your typical housekeeper job, I'm afraid. Uh, my work extends uh, to odd hours, and there will be many people in and out of my home. Madeleine paused and walked over to the window, looking out in the vast garden beyond. Do you know what it is uh, that I do? Marley started to shake her head, but stopped. No, ma'am. Turning her back towards her, Madeleine smiled faintly. I am what is called a dumb. Are you familiar with that term? Mouth opening like a fish, Marley felt a flush creeping up her neck. Visions of her pile of erotica books at home flashed through her mind. Do you mean like BDSM? Madeleine chuckled. Yes, exactly like that. Oh. Now, there are some rules. Please rise and uh, come with me. Marley rose from the chair and obediently followed Madeleine's swinging hips as she had, as she led her from the office to one of the closed doors that she had passed earlier. This door is kept closed for a reason, okay? Do not enter. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I expect you to follow the cleaning schedule Josephine will bring to you later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Marley peered at the door, warm coiling inside of her. Was it some kind of dungeon? Delicious anticipation warred within her. Obey and keep the job or find out what was behind the secret door and fulfill her very eager curiosity. Now, Josephine will show you through your room. Dinner for the staff is at six promptly in the kitchen. See that you are not late. The cook is not fond of the tardiness and neither am I. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Josephine appeared neat and trim in her maid's uniform, hair swept back in a severe bun. She held out her hand. If you would please follow me, your room is this way. Madeleine smiled and returned to her study, leaving Marley to follow the shapely form of the maid. That is, as you wish. <laughs> as you wish. Julie, as you wish. why are all your French characters Quebecois? Um, though, they're from where I'm from, which is uh, a little bit on the dirty side, you know, a little on the dirty <laughs> side. That's how we do. I just, I, you know what? And I, and I love that for us. <laughs> I do. I love the like francophonie there, yeah. but, um, what? I feel like, um, <laughs> just say it. <laughs> a, 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 like a francophone dom. Yeah. Not sexy. <laughs> no. And you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of this Christine Elliott. Shout out to Christine Elliott, who I don't even know if she still does comedy, but she's a stand-up comedian who I think one of the fucking funniest. And she has a bit where she talks about how her and her partner were trying to spice up their sex lives. And her man was like, oh, what if we could do some role playing? You know, wear some costumes. And she's like, like SpongeBob? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm thinking more like French maid. <laughs> and she rolls up with a shopping cart full of cleaning supplies, a cigarette, <laughs> and some fucking rubber gloves. And she's like, hello, my name is Paulette, but you could call me Crowbar. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and he's like, no, French from France. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And all I think of in reading this story, as soon as her name was Miss Fontaineur, I literally just thought, also known as Crowbar. Like I literally just, like, <laughs> I couldn't picture a French maid. I could just picture like a dirty Quebecois style. Like my name's Georgette, and I got two inch thick fucking highlights in my hair, is okay. And I like my acrylic nails two inches thick, square as you wouldn't fucking believe, with two inches of French tips. <laughs> too much cleavage for the office on a tuesday some fucking leopard print okay kitten heels with my ankles like this is what I you're just describing my stepmom but 
Anyways, that's where I go in my mind. Maybe one Ooh. day I'll go full French maid cosplay in my own mind in like a hot way, but I just think of See, I can't, crowbar. I can't, <laughs> crowbar. I can't think of like French like like the maid outfit. I think of like like Japanese cosplay. Oh. Like those maids. I can't think of like like the little like duster yeah, yeah. from Beauty and the Beast. Like I don't go there. I go to like <laughs> senpai like it, uh, you know what different strokes i think it's <laughs> i think it's really tell like you and i both love the fucking french canadian voices but i know everybody else wanted this person to be like oh, french yes yeah no you're not getting that yeah you're not getting a croissant je veux manger un croissant ici avec euh, pendant je fais le lavage pour toi madame fontaineur no no. I call it the passe-pas-tu French, um, <laughs> which is what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting the, the gritty there. <laughs> the gritty. Uh, you're going to tell I me. Like, I'm a dom there. You're going to tell me that there aren't men in this world who who are not dying to have someone with a tick ul accent fucking whip them in the ass while they say, yeah, Jean-Guy, moan for your mom, eh? Hey, Saint-Simoniac there. <laughs> okay let it go like that's (laughs) let me step on your face okay and then i'll suck your penis like i'm sure (laughs) 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 anyways i'm just saying that there's fucking you know there's a lid for every pot renee and someone somewhere is rubbing one out to someone with a tick oh, yeah. French accent cleaning a house or fucking. Oh, I, I love it. They're called to mange la poutre, Jérôme. Jesus. Tatouas, <laughs> wabo. Uh, yeah. So that, that was us. Um, <laughs> we wow. took boxes into some really interesting directions this week. You know what? Because um, that, you know, I, 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 took acting classes and stuff so i don't have a thick accent when i talk no more um and so when i speak french at work it freaks people out (laughs) and so what i like to do is i try and get my colleague to to eat stuff like i'll bring her treats and stuff because it's my love language so i'll be like oh do you want some chocolate and she's like no i'm like oh it's chocolate and i like put my little fingers up to my mouth like a raccoon and she's like it's so gross when you do that and when you start speaking french because i I don't know. It's so dirty. I was like, why? That's sad. And she's like, no, stop it. Or like if my boss goes to the bathroom, I was like, oh, it's fire. It's pee there. And she's like, stop it. So I don't know how I sell the job. Maybe it's my contract, but don't do that to your bosses. Uh, don't tell them about this show. Yeah. Um, Keep it to but, yourself. And don't, don't sleep with people in positions of power because you don't know if it's because you're drawn to their power and they're abusing it or if you're actually drawn to power. Too so, many red flags. Yeah. Too many red flags. Yeah. No. But like sleep with a necromancer. Like that's going to be a good time. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Well, Renee, tell the kids, yeah. what are we doing next week? Because we're about to turn a corner in terms of, you know, seasons and such. What are we doing yeah. next week, Renee? We're back to school, bud. We're back to school. Um, uh-huh. I hate back to school. It just throws me off. It I takes know. me like weeks to get used to summer when my kids aren't going to school anymore. And then it's like, boom, you're back. Yeah. And you got like, three kids. That's a lot of school supplies to buy. Ugh. They tried to put a thing on their list this year. It was like, reuse your supplies from last year. And I'm like, no, no, you're not going to accept them. Do you know? The amount of glue sticks and fucking uh, whiteboard markers that I have to send. I couldn't find the 40 gram glue sticks that I needed because it can't be 20 grams. It can't be it can't be 60. It has to be four, 40. And I was just like, oh, man, what am I going to do? And then I looked into the bin that the girls had brought home from school. And in it was a Ziploc, like a large freezer Ziploc filled with the 20 gram <laughs> glue sticks that I sent last year that they didn't use. So I'm like, is this what you mean? Like reuse these yeah. because, or did you not let her use them? 
because they were the wrong size. But I will tell you, I will still fuck with a purple glue stick. Ooh, still to this all day. All day, every day. Oh, 100%. I make collage 100%. buttons. It's my little fun little hobby that I do. They're usually pornographic and disgusting, and I love it. And to this day, I'm a grown woman, 37 years old. Purple glue stick or get the fuck out of here. I love it. The only kind. It's the only kind that the matters. So I understand that you do not enjoy back to school. I don't want back to school. I don't have kids, but I'm an educator. So I do lots of campus stuff, back to school. So I get it. I'm not a fan, but we will make it fun for you listeners because we're doing back to school and we're going to go in some wacky directions and you're not going to want to miss it. And then like I said, October, we're going to have spooky after spooky after spooky for an entire month. Then that leads us into, you know, fall proper. Then we got the holidays. I mean, we got so much good shit lined up for you the rest of the season here in Robert's Love. It's our time to shine. It is our time to shine. And so thank you for sticking with us and listening. Go to our Instagram and Twitter to see the cover of this week's books. And then you can tell me where the fuck this woman's torso went. (laughs) Because I don't know where the torso went for the woman on the cover of my book. I'm just saying it right now. Do not know where her torso went. So we're going to play Where's Waldo with this woman's torso. And um, we'll see you back here next week when we go back to school. And I'm going to say school like the Irish because I fucking every single Sally Rooney show is all these hot young people in Ireland who are going back to school. And I fucking cannot stop laughing. They could be telling the most serious story in the world. They were like, there was a shooting at the school and I'll fucking die. I'm like, you can't, you can't say that with a straight face. So I'm going to try to pick an Irish book next week strictly so I can insert an Irish accent. School. But it was lovely chatting with you again, Renee. You too. And and before, before we go and I get you to sing us out, cause I'm, I'm dying to hear it. It's been too long. Um, I just want to tell all the listeners, you know, you got dreams and you know, they matter. So be your own boss. Climb your own ladder. That moment's getting closer by the day. Working nine to five. Pour yourself yeah, a cup support. of ambition, bitch. Tomorrow morning or right now, whatever, whatever. Kind of late though, so you know if you don't want to, if you don't want to, you don't want to over caffeinate before bed. <laughs> I get it, I get it. So, I love you, Julie. Thank you for being my rock through everything. And um, I love you too, buddy. <clears throat> Ravage love, ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the show is created by Karen McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Ravage Love! Ravage Love!